Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. And welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the outstanding Olivier Chateau. He's the co-founder and CEO at Health Union, where his vision and desire for innovation is a driving force behind the platform services and solutions they provide. During his 10-year pharmaceutical tenure, Olivier gained experience in consumer marketing, insight creation, digital technology, and analytics, which he's leveraged along the extensive commercial knowledge that he also has on, on the healthcare market to develop unique opportunities that connect patients, professionals, and industry partners to improve health decisions. Olivier's passion and enthusiasm for health union is contagious, inspiring the team to think bigger, to be creative, to do what hasn't been done. His favorite saying written on the wall of the office is if you believe your dreams are achievable, they're too small, dream bigger. Love that, really kind of made me take a second look at my goals and dreams. And this gentleman is a leader in healthcare that'll help you do the same thing. So Olivier, thanks for joining us today. Looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting us. Absolutely. So I'd love if you could just fill in any of the gaps of the intro. Did I leave anything out that you want to share? No, I think um, what you said is it's a little difficult to listen about yourself. But, uh, <laughs> definitely a very passionate person. And uh, I think uh, I, we try to run the company with the same passion all the way across what we do, because ultimately we, we do something really humbling, which is to help people. And it's uh, extremely rewarding. I think beyond uh, the business part of it, the financial part of it, the thing that is the most rewarding is, is the fact that we're able to really help people day in and day out. And that's, um, that's pretty unique. It sure is, especially in our field. I think we're privileged for that. And, and so what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with? So actually, I got into the healthcare pharmaceutical industry. It's kind of a family affair. My mom was in the OR and my dad worked in, in this industry for many, many years. I wanted to, always interested to uh, go in the medical field, but never book smart enough to uh, make it to uh, be an MD. Maybe why I married one, actually. Interestingly. <laughs> and uh, I basically started my career in a pharma company and for which I worked for well over 10 years. And then I started to, um, I founded Health Union with my co-founder, Tim Arman almost uh, nine years ago. And um, those are my two work experiences. I don't have many more beyond that, but it's kind of, um, I've always been into uh, this, this, uh, this field. It's um, interesting because it's deeply personal as well as from a business standpoint, incredibly stimulating for me. And I actually, I think that's what I enjoy the most, that there is a balance of work and, and, and people together. So so, no, I love that. And, uh, and so definitely part of the family, you got involved and, and now you've been in it for a long time. I feel like the people that are in, they say an inch wide and a mile deep, you really tend to, to see and feel the, the uniquenesses and are able to make an impact. What would you say for the listeners that don't know about Health Union? What do you guys do? How do you do it? And who do you do it for? That's actually pretty uh, straightforward what we do. I like to say it needs to uh, seem and sound very easy, despite the fact that it's very complicated to achieve. That's why I think you have uh, accomplished something pretty good. 
But in a nutshell, what we do is that uh, we build online ecosystem that are dedicated to specific health condition where the name of the, of the website and the accompanying Facebook page and any other social outlet match the condition. So an example is Migraine. The name of the property is Migraine.com and all the other outlets around it are very specific to Migraine. So we do this currently for 19 different health conditions. Very oftentimes there are chronic or highly impacting health conditions where they're often characterized by a flare or episode where the need for answers, support, solution, and information, and more importantly for patient, a validation that uh, what their experience is uh, going through the, the medical challenge that they have and actually is similar to what others are experiencing. So in a nutshell, what you said earlier was very interesting for us is that in the health ecosystem or healthcare in general, oftentimes we look at healthcare as a whole and most of the health ecosystem online are health-focused, they are not condition-focused. And our idea was, in order to serve patients that are primarily impacted by condition X, Y, or Z, we're really going to try to create an ecosystem specifically dedicated to supporting these people, where they will find one, information, two, support, and three, validation. And how we actually drive this is by creating unique content on a daily basis, as well as an incredible amount of support in the form of moderation and engagement, such as polls or forums, et cetera, et cetera. So we do this in a very systematic ways. This morning, we published 19 new articles across the 19 different communities that we have. And it's the content that ultimately is the starting, maintaining, and sustaining point of the relationship that we create with people impacted with these uh, health conditions. Man, that is so interesting, Olivier. So you're, you're working on, on, on condition-based information and, and community development. Now, are you guys building these sites and uh, online forums for people, or are they your, is it your property and you're putting it out there to help people? Yeah, so actually, we don't create them on behalf of any companies or okay. any individuals. It seems a little crazy, but we do build them in the hope that if we built these safe environment, people will come. It does take time. Obviously, we go in, in a condition where we feel like uh, we can bring and have an impact. So sometimes when there are tremendous medical progress or there are uh, dramatic changes in the, in the marketplace with you know, new products, but not necessarily just new products, but the fact that the, the medicine is evolving so much, we often feel like our model works in the ways that People identify themselves with what we do because we are helping them going through their journey. And um, we often say we're, we're not necessarily here for you when, you when you're searching, are you, do you have that condition or not? But rather when you are in that condition and that condition is having a primary impact on your life and you're looking for either information, support or validation, then you will find us because the content that we provide and we create is going to be here to uh, help you uh, cope with your condition, but also understand what others are going through. That's primarily our idea and what we do on a day-in, day-out basis. I do think it's important to mention that in addition to the 120-plus the people that work here at Health Team, we have uh, well over 350 contributors that help us create and uh, publish this incredible amount of uh, new content that we do every year. So that doesn't happen. Uh, with just uh, 
a few computers and a few people. It actually takes a very disciplined approach into you know content management, content creation, making sure that that content is going to be relevant and resonate for those people that need it the most. You know? Love that. So talk to me a little bit about an example of, of how your organization has created results by doing things differently. So actually, the best part of what we do is that we are in a trust and relationship with patients and the service that we sell need to meet those uh, criteria of trust and transparency. The way we actually are able to generate revenue for Health Union are extremely transparent. Actually, on, on our website, we have created an incredible amount of frequently asked questions that we receive from both our members and other, uh, other people so that, that answer pretty much every question that we receive. And the primary uh, one that we usually get is how do we make money? So we have been able to, we make money three ways. We sell advertising and sponsorship, which is clearly visible when you visit any of our websites. We uh, offer our community members to participate in market research and insight project that we do on behalf of, of third-party companies, as well as the last set of services that we do is we work with clinical research organization, any kind of body, it could be uh, biotechs and pharmaceutical companies, but quite frankly, it could also be a hospital or a health system or the government that might want a, a clinical program. And we'll work with them on trying to help them refine the clinical protocol as well as potentially recruit patients to enroll into the clinical study. So basically, if you were to ask me to give you a precise example of what we've been able to drive value is that we have been able to demonstrate that our model attracts people that are impacted by these conditions at a much higher rate than any other large health ecosystem out there. And uh, I wish I could tell you that we've been able to demonstrate this because we invented the best piece of technology out there, but it's actually not the case. The reason why we've been yeah. able to demonstrate this is because we do things very grassroots way. We just execute them with mm -hmm. a lot of rigors and uh, taking a patient-first approach. And uh, that actually really works because over time, you do build and sustain and maintain very large relationship with people impacted by the different conditions. So interesting. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head here is over time. And folks, if you're, if you're listening to the program, I mean, you're, you understand that the, you know, these things in healthcare especially take time. And the, the things that Olivier and his team have been able to achieve is, has been over time. So the key is to stay in the game, stay in the game, keep playing, because eventually it's going to work out. So with that said, Olivier, I'd love to hear a story from you of, of a time when you had a setback and things weren't working out. What did you learn from it? Well, we tried plenty of things that didn't work. We, we, <laughs> uh, actually, I think this is the, one of the most incredibly rewarding experience of living very large company organization where the process is often pretty heavy and the timeline for change is also pretty heavy. When you start from scratch, you have a constant stream of failure and success and failure and success. I'll give you two quick examples of failures that we learned very quickly. We were convinced very early on that uh, mobile application were going to be a key component of our success. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually got in the migraine space, migraine was our first platform, so it's the oldest platform. It's nine, it's nine years old. It is by far the largest migraine ecosystem online today, pretty much worldwide. We created a migraine app 
which we had, quite frankly, tens of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands of downloads. And the reality is people did not want to interact with an app the same way they wanted to interact with our content. And we learned that although a subset of people might be interested in loading their migraine journal into our app, which we had made very dynamic and so forth, it was not where they wanted to be. The reality is people use primarily those 10 same apps and they much rather consume our content when they are visiting their Facebook feed and, you know, our content might show up as one of those articles. And, and this is the time they wanted to, to participate and have an engagement with us rather than forcing them to go to, to an app. So I think it was a very big learning that we invested a lot of time, energy, quite frankly, and it just simply didn't uh, work out. I think uh, there is a, a perception, especially in health, that applications are going to change a lot of the behaviors. And actually, um, nine years later, I'm convinced of quite the opposite. I think technology in health is an enabler of change, but it's not a driver of change. And I think that's something that most people that enter the health space without background in healthcare, they very oftentimes misunderstand and underestimate. They think that technology is going to drive a change at a much faster pace, which is, I'm not denying that it will, but it's not what's going to actually drive the change. Technology is going to enable that change to happen at a much faster pace, but it's not going to be the driver of change. I think that's so interesting and uh, really, really fascinating story there. Nine years with the migraine space is a, is a very long time. So kudos to you and and your focus and, and being able to stay consistent with it, the content, the resources, and fascinating about the learning and, and with the apps, you know, and your people come to you and, and, and they meet, you meet them where they are versus trying to drive them to a single space. So if applications or technology are not the driver, what is? It's actually meeting people where they are is actually our mission. Mm-hmm. We actually, this is what we strive for. Love that. You say that because we get often asked, are you guys going away from Facebook or are you going to, um, I think something else that's interesting about Healthy Unit. When we started the company, Facebook pages did not exist. Facebook advertising was not even uh, something uh, that was available to people. And the belief that people were going to share and be engaged about their health condition on social media was something that a lot of people were highly doubting that it was going to happen. So just to give you an idea how in nine years, things have changed dramatically. But what's interesting is we get asked all the time, are you guys going to uh, go step out from Facebook or the social platform? And the reality is we are going to continue to go where people are. So if people, and people still are on Facebook at an incredible amount of people, especially slightly elder population who are not necessarily the younger population that might be going to other channels. But, you know, interestingly enough, Depending on the condition that we support, so for example, in, in uh, inflammatory bowel disease, the use of Instagram and other social channels is far greater than, than uh, of Facebook and for compared to other conditions. So when that is the case, then we do have a social channel strategy for those specific conditions. But the bottom line is we're going to continue to offer people the opportunity to exchange with them and with us at the time that makes sense for them without forcing them to do anything. And I think that's the big difference also between what we do and what others are doing is we have created what we call an open community model. 
where we don't force people to give us their information. We don't force them to tell us if they have the condition or not. They decide the level with which they want to engage with us. If they don't want to tell us who they are and to simply consume our content, that's fine. If they want to participate without giving us their first and last name by taking a poll to see how they they fit compared to other in that condition, that's fine too. And if they want to tell us all about themselves and complete their full profile and highly participate in our forums and so forth, that's also fine. But the bottom line is we're here to support people anywhere they are in the funnel. We don't want to be exclusive to only people that might want to tell us everything about themselves. Very cool. Yeah, it's a very neat approach, Olivier, and one that has obviously created success for you and, and your team because you guys are there giving. We've mentioned this in, the, in previous episodes. In the healthcare space, if you work more as a go-giver than a go-getter, things will tend to work in your way better. Olivier, tell us about one of your proudest uh, moments that you've had there uh, at uh, Union. There are quite a few. They keep adding up, to be honest with you. You know, I think- You had to pick one and you said, man, I can't believe this happened. I'll give you one. I'll, I'll tell you, I think the thing, and I said that earlier, and I really mean it. I think the proudest moment is that we are able to strive financially by doing what is right for people. And that probably was characterized. We do every year a conference that regroups most of our contributors that are impacted by all these different conditions that we support. It's a conference called Healthing in Connection. There is a website for it, actually. So we have every year about 100 plus um, patient advocates of people that are impacted by this condition that really help others and fuel this ecosystem that we have created. And I got to tell you, when I have the opportunity to interact with them and and hear them provide feedback about what the model that we have created have done for them, but more importantly, uh, I think it's for all the other people that we're able to support through through those ecosystems. The feeling of of accomplishment is pretty, uh, it's pretty tremendous. And it's got nothing to do with money. You know, it's, uh, it really hasn't. And actually, on that point, I think it's important to say that we support a healthy union, every condition exactly the same way, that they make money or that they make absolutely zero dollars. They are supported exactly the same because it's not about money, it's about people. And um, it's about doing the right thing for them. So, um, so that's, that's, I would say, the proudest moment is when we have these conferences, annual conference, and I get to stand in front of all these people and we have kind of a, we, we call it a big hug moment. You know, this is, it's, it's pretty special. I think that's super cool. Folks, if you're curious about it, check it out. Health Union Connection, it's actually spelled with an X. So if you do H-U-Connection, C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N.com, You'll see the last year's event, well, 2018 and previous year, pretty cool, pretty inspiring work being done here by Olivier and his team. Olivier, what would you say an exciting project you're working on today is? Oh my God, there's so many. One of the biggest challenges that a company like ours have is that technology is evolving really fast. So the, 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 how we enable that change, not how we drive it, but how we enable it is what's going to change the most in the next couple of years. And also the pace at which the company is growing means that we need to find ways that we can scale at a faster pace. So I'll give you two things that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm spending time on right now. One is how we can integrate the concept of uh, voice technology into what we are doing. Not because I think that people are going to want to hear our daily content via their Alexa or Echo uh, in the next six months, 
but because I think in the next couple of years, it's going to become more and more uh, practical for people to question their voice devices. And additionally, we're launching next year some really, quite frankly, I'm extremely proud of them, condition-specific platform around macular degeneration, where obviously it's about uh, loss and vision. So we have and we owe it to those people to provide them the tools that are necessary for them to receive the same kind of level of support. So voice technology is definitely one of them. The second thing that we're looking at is um, how can we provide a much, much deeper personalized experience to every people that comes to our platforms. And what we mean by this is that if you take a poll and we realize that this might be more of interest, uh, this topic might be more interested than this other topic, we need to become better in the same way that the, your Facebook feed soul is different than mine. Uh, the migraine.com of uh, my migraine.com should be different than yours. And uh, that is something that we're going to continue to work on so that people realize that our biggest asset, which is our content, which serves that support as a way to feel validated and, and informed, uh, keeps living because uh, otherwise the six plus thousand articles that we've written on migraine.com are going to become obsolete when they should become the volcano of the relationship, if you will. Like they, it really needs to come from the ground back outside so that we can deliver value from it. So those are the two big things. I think it's great and super exciting. Any company looking to make an impact, and Olivia, I love, I love that you're so passionate about this. If you abandon your innovative spirit and you think you've got it figured out, you're in for not good things. And I love that you guys are, are continuing to, to approach things like voice and, and you know, that personalization, kind of like the, I like to call the Netflixation of, uh, of services is so important. You know, I, I turn on Netflix and there's recommendations and a percentage of will I like it. And that's what keeps me there. And that's what's going to continue to keep people on, on Health Union. I didn't mention this to you all, but I mean, you know, out of all of the things that are on Health Union sites, I mean, there's got to be something on there for you or, or something in your family. If you guys are, are struggling from one of these, and they are a wealth of, of information, migraines, type 2 diabetes, COPD lung cancer. I mean, the list goes on and they're truly a great hub for information. So big thanks to the work that you and your team are doing there, Olivier. Getting close to the end of the interview here, this has been a bunch of fun, by the way. I've really enjoyed our time together. We're going to build a syllabus. I've got five questions for you, lightning round style on what it takes to be impactful in, in healthcare. Okay. And then I'll ask you for your favorite book and we'll conclude. Does that sound like a plan? Okay. Awesome. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? It's a great question. I actually think you need to provide value that can be not only measured by the company that's doing the work, but primarily by people by which the product or the services is being given. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? To think you understand or you know it all. You need to, to have a philosophy that I call that we as people don't know 95% of things. Love that. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? By focusing on people first. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your company? People. What is your number one success habit? I always believe we can do more. Love that. What book would you recommend, Olivier, to the listeners? I don't read much, 
I mean, I read a lot, but I don't read a lot of books. It's not because I don't like it. It's just I just don't have a lot of time. I also will say that I don't watch TV, so it's not that I'm spending it in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> How about um, audiobooks? Do you do audiobooks or no? Uh, no, I don't really do audiobooks. I do, <laughs> I do read. A, I, I, it's interesting in this idea of 95%. The 5% that I do know, I am, I'm a little crazy about those 5%. Yeah, yeah. If I am going to research or dive into a, a, a problematic, I'm going to really work on it so that I'm becoming uh, almost expert ten level. So anyhow, one book that I've read lately, which was incredibly interesting and quite frankly, right in line with the challenges that we have at Alice Union, is a book named Scale by uh, Jeff West. Okay. And quite frankly, it's about gross challenges, innovation, and how you really cannot believe that you have achieved or kind of sit on your success because after all it's america where success is hard to achieve but it also will fall apart a lot faster than anybody can expect unless you keep on going so just very interesting in general and i have another mantra which is that bigger needs to mean better mm-hmm. i think you know, a lot of company gets bigger because as you, re- you generate more revenue or as you launch more services or properties, you just generate more revenue. But I think the, the idea that is really fundamental in getting bigger is that more people needs to bring more opportunities and just more people should not be just more bureaucracy. And so this idea that with more people, you get to find ways to, to drive faster innovation, faster failure, faster recognition and so forth. Love That's that. why scaling was kind of a big deal because I think a lot of companies especially when they go from 50 to 100 and then from 100 to 2 to 300, which is pretty much the phase we're in right now, is, is how do we stay with the core values and the same culture as we were at 30, 50, and now 120? How are we going to be able to keep it up to 2 or 300? It's, it's what's going to make us successful. It's not going to be, you know, is our product going to drive the most innovation and so forth? What's going to drive the success of tomorrow is, can we drive that culture that is what it's made us today forward for the next uh, two to three years? Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I think of, uh, you know, Peter Drucker's uh, uh, saying, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast any day. I think you're really capturing the essence of that, uh, Olivier. It's exciting. And I, and I love your mantra, bigger also needs to mean better. You guys got to be thinking about that, especially we're seeing a lot of acquisitions, you know, merger and acquisitions and healthcare providers buying each other up. If you're getting bigger, are you getting better? And I'll leave you guys with that question inspired by Olivier here. If you're getting bigger, are you getting better? If the answer is no, then you need to be revisiting what you're up to. Olivier, this has been fun, man. Uh, If you can, just uh, share a closing thought with the listeners and the best place where they could follow your work. So first of all, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You can check what we're up to at uh, health-union.com. In closing, I think uh, the most important is when you work in healthcare is to work for something that you believe is meaningful. We don't work in this industry uh, to sell a few extra uh, boxes of products, but to actually... uh, help people uh, live longer and healthier. And you really need to find a a job that you feel fit that purpose. And um, quite frankly, that makes you go to work every day and make you believe that uh, things that your dreams actually uh, are not achievable because that's what we're trying to do here is uh, we're trying to help you through that journey so that 
what you thought was not going to happen is going to happen as you're going to feel better and you're going to live longer. So be driven by the purpose. And uh, honestly, very, very good things will happen. Purpose-driven uh, life, both personal and professional, is, uh, is a very, very, very important thing. So thank you again. And uh, it was a pleasure uh, exchanging with you today. Olivier, such an inspiring episode. Really enjoy it. You've encouraged me and, and also the listeners to believe you can do more and do it purposefully. And, and I thank you for that and, and also look forward to staying in touch with you. So thanks again for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.